We're joined by Alice Keeble to uh, talk about the EPL. Uh, hello to you, Alex. Thanks for joining us on our national holiday. Hi, thanks for having me. No, so let's uh, just quickly run through some scores and we'll, we'll break some of this down. Alex, uh, Everton and Tottenham in a two-all draw. Brighton four, Crystal Palace one. Newcastle and Luton Town, eight goal, but four all. Burnley with a draw, two-all Fulham. Sheffield United pumped by Villa, five zip. Man, you get the win against West Ham, three nil. Uh, Chelsea two, Wolves four. Uh, Bournemouth won. Notts Forest, who needed the point, probably needed more points than that. One all draw. And Arsenal three. Liverpool won. Let's talk about Arsenal for a start. Saw a really interesting stat, Alex. Uh, Saka, Martinelli and Odegaard, right? Last season, they scored 44 goals between them. This season, only 15. What gives? Yeah, I've not heard that stat. That's a good one. I mean, they've certainly been a lot worse in front of goal this year. I think that's been a problem for quite a while now. I mean, yes, they scored three goals here, but the crucial one, that, that second goal, was, of course, a, a big unforced mistake really from Liverpool so even though they've won this game and they've re-entered the title race I think that's a, a useful statistic because I do still think that a big problem for them is how they're going to score enough goals this season how they're going to convert enough of those chances are Arsenal, I mean Arsenal are only two points behind you've got Man City three points behind Arsenal let's just talk about mm-hmm. Liverpool are Liverpool the same Liverpool we've seen when, when they won that with their title league? I get the sense they're just they're slightly off yeah, there's still a sense of that, I think. There's still a, a work in progress. I mean, Klopp called them Liverpool 2.0 at the start of the season. It, it was seen as a, a really big rebuild season for them. I think many people have thought they'd even be in this position. Um, but I know what you mean. They are still a bit off. I think what's interesting about them is, aside from a 1-1 draw at Luton earlier in the season, they've won every single game against uh, teams outside of what we call the Big Six. But they've not won a single game against the Big Six, obviously, yeah. including this one. So... That's really where they need to, to do a lot more work. They've got Man City coming up in about four games' time. That's obviously huge, but they're kind of flat-track bullies at the moment. Um, and as you say, it's not kind of all there. The big problem for me at the weekend was the triple substitution that Klopp made in the second half uh, with the score at 1-1. It just didn't work. You know, it, it upset their rhythm again just as they were starting to find it. With a lot of new players this season, I think that is part of the problem. Yeah, and also the fact now that Liverpool, uh, sorry, Klopp's come out and said, I'm gone for the season. Uh, mm-hmm. How do yeah. you think that affects the whole dynamic? I mean, we know professional sports p- p- people are professionals. They they go about their job, but surely in the back of your mind, you're going, oh, wow. And and so do they play for Klopp or do they play for Liverpool? I'm a great believer that, that players play for the coach. Yeah, it really could go either way. The proof's going to be in the pudding. Um, the, the win against Chelsea midweek, it really looked like it had galvanised them. It looked like this was them at their absolute best. They were pressing hard. They were really high energy in the stadium. It really felt like the Klopp news was going to inspire them to maybe win the league this year. All of a sudden, four days later, the entire reverse thing happens. The players look sloppy. They lose. So we can easily draw conclusions from a small sample size here. But I think the narrative really would have to wait and see. I, I kind of thought that it would be a good thing for the club. But of course it does It does put the pressure on, doesn't it? It really cranks up the pressure now that they, have, they really want to end on a high. I'm intrigued by Man City, right? Five points off, mm-hmm. the, off the top of the table. They're getting everybody back and fit. Can they do the magic? Can they bring the magic now? I think a lot of us are resigned to thinking they will. I mean, I think <laughs> a lot of the talk over here in England is, wow, we've got a, a three-team title battle. It's going to be 
a brilliant end of the season, but we've been here before. We were here last year. We've been here. I mean, this will be four years in a row if they did win it. No one's ever done that in English top flight history, but they can win their two in hand and suddenly they're top of the league again. Haaland's just coming back from injury. De Bruyne has missed the whole first half of the season. He's just come back. Yeah, we've been here before, as I say, and I think <laughs> there is a sense of inevitability about it, but we all want there to be perhaps a different winner this year. But what, but what about the whole uh, investigation, the myriad of charges? Uh-huh. Would that, would that, does that even come into play? Or are they just going to hold that one off in the financial fair play argument? I, yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of this season, I think it's very unlikely that that uh, case will be heard. And let's say they were found guilty and, and, and that was upheld and there was a points deduction, they'd appeal it, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think any of that will directly impact this season anyway. I think that'd be something um, that will probably affect next season. There's been a noise about that for so long. I think the players and, and the coaches there have probably put that to the back of their minds by now. I think everyone else is thinking about that, but I, I doubt they are at this juncture. Because not, not, say, not get, we're getting into spring now, and they know how to win under Guardiola at this time of year. They know how to grind out results. And I, if I'm correct, Notts Forest are in a similar position. Is it not? Uh, yeah, oh, no, no, no. Notts Forest are in a similar mm-hmm. position. We know Everton got 10 points deducted, but I think Notts Forest, yeah. where we've got Chris Wood there, uh, they're in a similar position. Will that will that, that be held off or, or could they get busted? Because they're, they're sitting on the edge. Yeah. Yeah, Everton and Forest, it does look like the charges against them, because Everton actually, by the way, have a second one. They've already had 10 points deducted, <laughs> but they could get more here on the second set of charges. It's a separate set of accounts, unfortunately, for them. Um, and I think in those two cases, it's a much more straightforward process. So they're likely to be heard during this season, which probably does mean if there's a point deduction, it will be this year. And that's really bad news for both of them. The reason this is happening, by the way, to those two, to Everton already this year, is because of this independent regulator that we're all expecting to come in next year. That's a, a government policy. Um, and the Premier League basically doesn't, you know, doesn't want that to happen. I mean, that's that's we, we, it's sort of what's implied anyway. They would rather not be regulated independently. So they're kind of trying to show everyone, look, we can look after ourselves here. We're ready to punish clubs. We're ready to to give them points deduction. So that's why everyone's a little bit on edge. And it does look like, yeah, Chris Woods Forest will uh, probably, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have insider knowledge on that, but it, it doesn't look good at the moment, does yeah, it? But Alex, it's, this has to happen, right? For the good of the game and for the good of the league, mm-hmm. it has to happen. So yeah, if you get caught with your pants down, sorry, you're going to have to take the heat. Yeah, I think you're right. Ultimately, I do think that these profit and sustainability rules are there for for a good reason. A lot of clubs would argue that, you know, that they're, well, these two clubs would probably argue they're unfairly cheated and others have, have been let off lightly. And it's not a straightforward story in that regard. Um, you know, I know that I know that these clubs in particular think that, well, that the account, the account issues are really come down to a few days in some cases either side in terms of, of when you kind of draw the line and say you need to have earned money from sales by this point or this point. It's all very complicated. In theory, I think you're right. You know, it's good that we have we have rules to stop uh, clubs going going broke just to support the fans ultimately in the long term and kind of make sure their clubs survive. But the way in which it's being handled obviously has a lot of controversy within it. Spurs sitting on 44 points, heading towards the back end of the season. Has the Ange magic worn off the fans yet? Oh, definitely not. No, definitely not. I mean, I know their results have been a little, uh, dipped a little bit. They're not really in the title challenge anymore, it looks like. But um, top five at the moment, and, and that should still be Champions League this year. Uh, I certainly think they'll 
they'll have enough to finish in the top five. Um, and from a Spurs fan perspective, no, they absolutely love him to bits. They, you know, they're, they're very happy with the style of football that's being played. Um, and yeah, drop points, you know, drop points this weekend. They, they've not put back-to-back wins together for, for a good month or so now. But absolutely, the fans are, are very much on board for that one. Now, I was reliably informed that you're a Villa fan. Oh, look at that. Villa sitting in uh-huh. four, fourth position. You must, be, <laughs> you must be beside yourself. European football beckons. Absolutely. And you know what? The, the win at Sheffield United, it's easy to look at that and go, you know, bottom club in the league, you should be winning that kind of game. I actually think that's one of the, the biggest results of the season now. Okay, I'm biased. Yeah. Um, uh, of the weekend, sorry, not of the season. Just because Villa have actually been on quite a poor run here. They had one win in five before that game. Um, a run that started with a draw against Sheffield United in fact so they needed to blow the cobwebs away um, they needed to put a, a tough winter behind them and obviously personally yeah, I'm pretty pretty chuffed with that it was a great performance yeah but so so as a fan so let's play it from the fan perspective because the one thing okay. when, when, when I visited England it's quite some time ago I couldn't get over you you become immersed straight away in football I remember having a beer in a pub and they've got well, the, your uh-huh. version of Monday Night Footy on the telly and suddenly I'm, I'm in it I'm in I'm, I'm, I'm sitting I'm going oh my god I've got to be part of this it is all encompassing so as a Villa fan to see where your team is positioned now what does that mean to you on a on a daily weekly basis oh yeah it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant you know I live in London now unfortunately I had a season ticket growing up but I don't get to many of the games obviously working in football as well but yeah I mean how do you describe it it's absolutely brilliant I mean Villa have, have been in such a tedious position for so long three years in the second flight but years and years of dross around it and to suddenly be flying under Emery I mean it's absolutely brilliant Villa Park is one of the the great grand old stadiums you know it's it's a brilliant atmosphere in the stadium as well whenever I get to go there yeah it feels fantastic and and what I mean you've seen the good and the bad now you're seeing seeing the good Mm -hmm. so how do you think that reflects on the community I think it does a lot for the city actually yeah I think it does I think you know football is a it's the biggest sport in England, obviously. You know, it really means a lot to people. There are there are lots of clubs in the West Midlands. There are there are two big ones in Birmingham. There's West Brom as well nearby. So I'm not going to say it lifts the whole of Birmingham. Yeah. That's not true. Um, but yeah, it's a passionate fan base. It's it's a passionate league, and I think it 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 does certainly serve the community well to have a team really flying like that. Are you one of these uh, fans that have, buys a, a new jersey every year because that's how, <laughs> how passionate you are? Or are the prices now just out of, out of, out of the uh, atmosphere? Yeah, when did I last buy a kit? I think I bought last year's kit. So, I, you know, the whole, what, the whole kit or just the jersey? <laughs> oh, no, just, no, 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 just the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you, you said kit, you said kit. I'm saying, is he going to sleep you're in right, his you're villa, right, villa jersey no, no, and his socks just, and his shorts? Just the jersey. <laughs> uh, now today we've got uh, the, the game it's at 9am our time New Zealand day Brentford uh-huh. against Man City uh, Man City will want to put the hammer down won't they yeah but you know what it's 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 not an easy game that I mean it's a big test for them surprisingly Brentford beat them twice last season beat them home and away they haven't played them this year so Thomas Frank he does know what he's doing against Man City and I don't know I've got a sneaky feeling they could drop points here I think if they do win it would really it would really lay down a marker because this is one of their biggest kind of banana skin fixtures that they've got left, actually. And obviously, especially after Liverpool dropping points, it's a big game for them. I think you know, subtly it is. 
Okay, so if you were looking at the at the run now, do let's start with Villa. Does Villa stay in the four? Does it play European football next year? I think Villa, Villa and Spurs are fourth and fifth for me. I'm not sure which way round, but I think and and fifth is most likely to be Champions League football next year. So I I think the current top five will stay. I'm not convinced that Man United will will hold the form they're showing now. I, I just think they're a bit of a mess still under Ten Hag and. West Ham and Brighton are, you know, dropping points left, right and centre. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be the top five what we've got now. Actually, I was going to mention, uh, has, is the Jim Ratcliffe era of taking, what, it was 20% mm. of Man U, has, that, has he gone in and tried to make changes as the sort of mini saviour of the club? Not yet, not yet. They didn't really spend anything in January. Um, I think they're still in the phase of just assessing what's happening. You know, I don't think anyone's quite sure yet whether... Ten Hag will be his manager long term, but I think he wants to give him the chance to prove himself. Um, so we haven't seen changes yet. Everyone's kind of in a holding pattern at the moment, but there was a big win for them at the weekend and they've got a young forward line that looks good. They've got Mainu coming through midfield. He looks good. So with a bit of luck, things are coming together for them, but I personally think they'll stumble again before the end of the season. Okay, well, let's just, just quickly step outside the EPL because I'm really intrigued to what you think of what the Saudi leagues... Uh, is there much talk about the Saudi league? And, and the, the ridiculous amounts of money they're giving to players and, and whether it's a strong enough league. I mean, I see Inter Miami got belted by, uh, I can't remember, the, the, one of the teams the other day. So I'm just intrigued to swear from afar and you're looking in that way, mm. what you think of it. I think a lot of the talk over here is really just that it's been a bit of a lifeline to some of these clubs. You know, I mean, a lot of the players that Saudi Arabia have taken are aging players on big contracts that Premier League clubs were probably happy to to kind of get rid of. And I think maybe that's true in mainland Europe as well. Um, I think some of the gloss has already come off, frankly. You know, Jordan Henderson getting out of there early. Um, talk of Benzema not being happy there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's clearly not really working out for a lot of these players. And I think it's been a good thing, really, for a lot of the other clubs at the moment. As long as, you know, from their perspective, as long as Saudi Arabia doesn't take off as a major league and is disruptive in that way, I mean, they seem to have just kind of given a lot of money to clubs that, that needed it. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So so that's transfer fees and the like, correct? Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They pay big fees. They've taken big wages off their hands. Wow. If you look at the, the rebuild happening at Liverpool, right? They, they, they lost Fabinho and Henderson, but, you know, they... That's actually pretty pretty good moves for them in the circumstances. Yeah, you you, men- you mentioned that just quickly, and I and you have to educate me on this one just briefly. I always thought it was the top four that played Champions League. You said you, you yeah. mentioned five. Yeah, that's changed this year. So the Champions League is reformatting from next year. Um, it's been expanded slightly, and as part of that, there's a few more places up for grabs, and they will be awarded based on how well each nation's clubs do this year in Europe. So it's kind of a, a points-based system. So it's expected the English clubs will do well this year in the Champions League, in the Europa League, in the Conference League. And if they do do pretty well, then they will probably accrue enough of these coefficient points, as they're called, to be handed a fifth Champions League spot for next season. But it's not certain yet, but I think it's quite likely. Oh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's two two of those up for grabs. most likely, I think, is Spain and England at the moment to get the extra place. Oh, look, I appreciate the education on that one. Thank you so much, and uh, mm-hmm. thank you no for thank you for sharing us this this the uh, thoughts. So, what do you do? You say go Villa. What's what's the catch cry in the stands? 
Uh, up the villa, that would be. Up the villa. Is it like, up the villa, up the villa? Is it sort of like that, yeah? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Let's go for that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to hang him and go, what a knob. All right, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it, mate. Thank you so much, Alex. No worries, anytime. <laughs>